We recognize that there is all power in your name. Be glorified as we lift you up. In Jesus' name, amen. Stone mansion makes her way. Giants fall and strongholds. 
can speak your name over any situation with expectancy that you are in charge. Amen? Anything. Call on my name, you say. So today we do that. We do that today. We call on your name, Jesus. We call on your name. We thank you for your presence that's already here to meet us. And we know whatever mountain we face, whatever storm is brewing or that we're in the middle of, that you are more powerful. And all that we need to do is call on your name. And the peace that passes all understanding is here. You said it. We believe it. We will call on your name.
love is so great for us. You're so faithful. As big as you are, you're so faithful to show up for each one of us. Call on your name. That's how close you are.
from the very beginning when you created us not because you needed love from us but because of your desire to shower us with your love God Lord you created the place called here and from the time that man set foot on it God you met him in the garden you were there you were there to meet him Lord, when sin ruined the world and we were without hope, we needed a Savior, not to be told how to do it better. God, you met us here again in the person of your Son who came to live for us, came to die for us, came to be raised again for us, to show us your great love for us. Lord, your Spirit is now in our hearts. God, you met us here in our own hearts and you are closer than ever. And I think now, Lord, 
Jesus, of how you look down from heaven with the Father. You look down on your people and you say, I am with you now through my spirit. And no matter what life throws at you, you have the hope that one day you will meet me here by the side of my Father. What a glorious hope and a glorious grace. We worship you today, Jesus. We thank you, God, for leading us. And we look forward with hope and excitement to standing in your presence and meeting you. We love you. We worship you today. In Jesus' name, amen, amen, amen. Amen. Thank you. You may be seated. Good morning. Thank you for braving the rain this morning, coming out and worshiping. We are very excited that you are here with us today. If you are a guest with us today, we hope that you felt welcome, that you feel welcome, that you feel like you belong here. It is our uh, hope that you would feel that way glad you're here with us this morning. If you are a guest and worshiping with us, we would love to be able just to connect with you. We can do that in a few ways. One is you filling out the new here card on the back of the chair in front of you and dropping it in the offering bucket. Uh, We also have a new here table, a guest table in the front in the lobby with a gift for you. If you'd like to stop by, just connect with us there. We would love to just be able to say hello, uh, give you any information you might want if you want any just tell you that we're glad that you're here with us this morning. I'm going to ask our ushers to come forward as we continue to worship. Um, It's been an exciting month. Uh, Well, June, you know, was great with with VBX, with everything that happened. I want to let you guys know, just to be in prayer this week, one of the really cool things that's happened again uh, this year is through our partnership with another local church, Casa de Paz. Uh, a Hispanic church that's over on 19th, close to Justice, good friends of ours who are there. And so they were here the night we tore down VBX, and they took about uh, 60-70% of our VBS decorations over to their church. And this week, this week, Ready to Move VBX will be happening again for a whole other group of kids over on the west side of Paris. Thanks to your generosity, thanks to what you gave for God's kingdom work here in town. So we're excited. You can pray for them. Uh, They would be excited if you wanted to come by and see what they're doing. It was a blast to do that last year. Uh, I will not lie, I went on the last day and ate the Mexican food that was there. I learned how to eat things with that... uh, Tahini. I learned how to eat things with tahini. It was life-changing. Uh, so it was fantastic. So, But thank you for being generous and giving and being part of a whole nother church, getting to celebrate VBS with a whole nother group of kids and minister to a whole different part of town. Thank you for being part of that through giving. Pray with me if you will. God, we thank you again for this day. We thank you for what you have given to us. We thank you for what you do, only what you can do with what we give back. Thank you for giving us the chance to be part of the work that you do through our giving as we worship you, God, in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen, amen. We have a few more announcements on the video. You can turn your attention to the screen, and we'll continue to worship today with God's word. Thank you. What's up, Sea of Paris? Welcome to church. We are so glad you're here today. A few announcements for you. First of all... 
Our CF students are on their way home from camp today. So keep them in your prayers. Pray for Brandon and Claudia. I know that they've had an incredible trip. So just pray they get home safely today. Next, food pantry is this week and we need your help to stock the shelves. You come on Tuesday at 6 in the afternoon and you help us stock for all of the people that need food. Alright guys, we're super excited that this Wednesday night we are joining with our friends from P&G and they're having, they're hosting a gospel night on the square. So it's going to be worship, it's going to be our community, it's going to be downtown, it's going to be awesome. So it's at 6.30 this Wednesday. Please come out. Our band's playing some. It's going to be a whole bunch of different churches. You do not want to miss it. That's it. I think that's it. Pastor Corey's coming up next. Bye, y'all. We, uh, uh, hello? Yeah. We apparently do not have lighting on the back porch. Uh, but yeah, it's been a little dark. Um, guys, man, there is so much going on this week. I, I like, like Kimmy was just saying right there at the end, on Wednesday, y'all make it a point. Wednesday night, we are excited to join with PNG as they are hosting uh, Gospel Night on the Square. Our worship team is going to be leading a couple songs along with them. So y'all make it a point. Come down to the square right here in Paris on uh, Wednesday night. It's going to be uh, an amazing night of, of worship. Um, and then, and then next week, next week is going to be super fun. Next week, we're having another joint service with PNG right here in, in this place. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm super excited, guys. It's going to be a great time. Uh, Pastor Shannon is actually, they are going to be bringing and leading their, we're bringing their worship team and leading our worship that morning. Uh, and y'all get to hear me. That was sad, thanks. Wow, that was, that was so heartfelt. I, could, <laughs> I didn't have to milk that one at all. Um, no, guys, it's going to be a great time. We're excited just to be able to, to join in fellowship again with them. Um, and so, just so it, it doesn't, like in contrast, we post all of our videos every week online and they stay up there. So, if y'all could help me out, like if somebody comes in down the road and is watching all of our videos and they watch this week and it's just dead quiet, and then they watch next week and it's all like, woo! Like, they're going to think that this week was just, eh, but it's not. It's really good. So, I need y'all's help. All right. Here goes, guys. Um, I, uh, I'm excited about the blessing that you guys have extended through our leadership, uh, through Ron Corzine, a sabbatical for me and Melissa. I gotta be honest, I, I had, I've been in ministry, wow, full-time for 20 years, part-time for another 15 before that. I'm old. Welcome to the club. You're old too. Um, and I'd never, I'd never heard of or, or understood even what sabbatical was. Um, and yet, as I'm learning more ab about it, it, it's easy to take a vacation. You can take a vacation, but how many of you know that, that within one week, you're, all you do is come back to more work? <laughs> um, Melissa and I have been blessed for the month of August. Um, 
to have been given a sabbatical, a time, and, and what I'm now recognizing and realizing is it's very easy in life to have dreams and visions, to hear from God, to be excited about all of it, and then, and then as you're following him, you recognize all of a sudden you're, you're just chasing. You're trying to keep up. And there's moments and times in life when Jesus himself left, left the hustle, the bustle, and went up alone on a mountainside to pray. Are we created to live alone? No, not at all. But there are moments in our lives where you need to just kind of step aside. Those moments are for the purpose of, man, just seeking him again. So as opposed to chasing, you're once again seeking. There's a difference, and it's, it's minute, and yet at the same time, it, it, it's, it's so distinctly different. Are you seeking, or are you just chasing? Um, stand with me, if you will. We're going to read in Matthew chapter 5 as Jesus read to us, spoke to us, the Beatitudes. In Matthew 5, starting in verse 1, it says this, When Jesus saw the crowds, he climbed up on a mountainside and sat down. Those who wanted to learn climbed to him, and he began to teach them. Blessed are those who are poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are those who mourn, for they will be comforted. Blessed are the meek, for they will inherit the earth. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they will be filled. Blessed are the merciful, for they will be shown mercy. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they will see God. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they will be called children of God. Blessed are those who are persecuted because of righteousness, for theirs is the kingdom of God. Blessed are you when people insult you, persecute you, and falsely say all kinds of evil against you because of me. Rejoice and be glad because great is your reward in heaven, for in the same way they persecuted the prophets who were before you. If you'll bow your heads with me, Lord God, I thank you for your word, your truth, the rock that we can stand on. Lord God, I thank you that we don't have to be anxious about anything. Father, but, but that we can rest. Father, we don't have to make our names known. We don't have to elevate ourselves. We don't have to pursue. We don't have to chase, Lord God. We, we just need to seek you first. And Lord God, the peace that passes understanding will guard our hearts and our minds. God, I thank you for what you're doing even now in this place. In the name of your son, we pray. Amen. Amen, amen. Come on, take a seat. Turn to your neighbor and sit. No, I'm not, I'm not doing that to you again. Um, so guys, today, today, over the last two weeks, we've been looking at the, uh, the Beatitudes. We know them, we recognize them, we call them the Beatitudes, and yet a lot of times they're not given necessarily as much place as something like the Ten Commandments. It's not the end-all, be-all, but what I tend to notice is the Ten Commandments allow us to, to judge and to gauge ourselves. And each and every one of us, look, we're, we're consistently insider-focused. We worry about ourselves. 
And so the Ten Commandments is a great way that we can look at and judge ourselves, thus not really having to listen to or seek after God's ways. I've made the joke, look, I haven't killed anybody today, so, right, I'm going to heaven. Check that box. The Ten Commandments are, are easy, but, but the Beatitudes, they're completely countercultural. They go against even what our minds would tell us we need to do to succeed. What we need to do to get a leg up. What we need to do to be made right by society. What, what we're owed by society. And yet the Beatitudes say, no, 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 that's, that's what society says, but that's not how it really works. You see, I want you to be blessed. I want you to live a blessed life. And yet so often, even our idea of blessed is, is so convoluted, so distorted. I recently just traded in a vehicle. I, I, had, I had one vehicle, I traded it in because I was downsizing, but I got another vehicle that I'm like super excited about. And people seeing that I'm driving a newer vehicle will come up and say, wow, man, that's awesome, you're blessed. I mean, I am, thank you. But that's not what blessing is. That has nothing to do with blessing. And yet in our minds, we've, we've convoluted, we've distorted the idea of, well, God's going to bless me, so therefore, I'm waiting on the lottery win. Ooh, come on, $650 plus million, you know you want it. Uh, come, like, like you're, you're, God, God, if ever you believed in me, I trust me, you can believe in me now. Today, I want to look at one of the Beatitudes of Jesus, and, and I truly believe that, that God wants to do a work in hearts. I'm going to be, I'm going to be looking specifically at Matthew 5, 9. Let me go ahead and read this. It says, blessed are the peacemakers, for they will be called children of God. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they will be called children of God. I think it's very difficult, if we're honest, uh, for most of us, so many, so many of our relationships, so many of our lives are, are defined and characterized by probably something other than peace. We enjoy peace. We wake up on a morning like this and we think, ah, it'd be peaceful just to stay under the covers. Like, I could use a little peace right here. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they will be called children of God. We all want peace. I, I did a series on peace earlier this year, at the end of last year. Shalom. Who that Hebrew word with so much depth, so much meaning. Shalom. Peace. I think most of our lives are characterized more by conflict. A lot of us troubled with tension, shrouded in strife. But I believe that God has something so much better for each and every one of us. 
That's not the relationships. That's not the life that God desires when he says and he tells you, I have come that you might have abundant life. Well, is is abundant life then miserable relationships and happen to just walk through life like, okay, I'm a Christian, so I'm going to suck it up and, and hold on to my God card today. I'm going to stop saying y'all need to talk. (laughs) Because relationships are difficult. I mean, come on, look. Who's ever had a difficult relationship? Let me see hands across the room. If you're not lifting your hands, you are the difficult relationship. Let's start there. (laughs) I mean, we can start right there. How many of you are currently in a difficult relationship? Don't, 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 don't. (laughs) I'm kidding. Well, hold up. <laughs> Relationships are hard. Marriage is, is hard. Parenting is hard. <laughs> Friendships are hard. Associates, it's hard. And relationships, they they are, they're just challenging. And and, and yet again and again, as hard as we try not to, we, we end up in very different, very difficult, very challenging relationships. Instead of a life characterized by peace. And it can very well leave you wondering, can there even be peace? Can there really even ever be peace with all of the moving parts that that is our lives? And again, back to this word, this this word that Jesus uses, peace. Uh, It's so much more than than I just, I I wish you some good. Like, I, I, I wish... I wish good on you. I got the chance to live in Australia for a while, and, and good on you. That, that's like a, that's a phrase you tell people. You just, hey, good on you, mate. Good on you. Right? They're like, hey, peace to you. You're good. Yeah, you're all right. Good on you. And yet, Jesus isn't just looking at you saying, good on you. You're good. That word, it it envelops so much more than just good. It it means I wish the highest blessing upon your life. I don't just wish nothing, which a lot of us, that's what we think peace is. We think peace is, okay, I get to do nothing. But peace isn't nothing. Peace is, 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 is this complete emotional wrapped envelopment from God that is something completely outside of just a feeling or an emotion. It's an understanding that God is in control and I don't have to worry no matter what happens in my life. It's, it's your feet being planted on a firm foundation. Blessed are the peacemakers. So Jesus is saying, I am believing for the highest good in your life. I want you to have the highest good. 
in everything, in every aspect, in your whole life, in your existence, in your waking, in your sleeping, in your relationships, in every aspect of your life. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they'll be called children of God. And again, you've got to catch this. When Jesus was saying every single one of these beatitudes, but especially this one, every single one of these was countercultural. Every single one of these went against the cultural norm, what they were raised to believe. Everyone there had been raised with the mindset of an eye for an eye and a tooth for a tooth. Yet that's, that's, not, that's not too different than how we're raised. Come on, if you have kids, you know what I'm talking about. If you ever were a kid with a sibling, you know what I'm talking about. Right? One of them hits the other, and then out of fairness, the other one gets to hit the other, but then one of them gauges how hard the other one hit the other one and determines that there needs to be more hits allowed than this hit. Hmm. An eye for an eye, a tooth for a tooth. Somebody steals something from you, what do you do? Well, well right is right. They owe you. They owe you. And not just what was taken, but, but they owe you even more because of, of the emotional distress that they caused you. An eye for an eye, a tooth for a tooth. And yet Jesus was saying something that very much was and yet very much is shocking. Blessed are the peacemakers. So immediately, he's calling each and every one of us to a higher standard of living. He's calling us, he's telling you, if you want to walk with me, if you want to follow me, there's a higher calling than what the world offers. Now look, I'm... I've mentioned this from the beginning. It's very easy, it's very easy, very easy to swing into legalism. At the same time, it's very easy to swing the opposite way and just sit back and enjoy the ride. God, I'm looking for your peace. But I want to touch on something here that I think is hugely important. Jesus, Jesus said, blessed are the peacemakers. Blessed are the peacemakers. I think a lot of us tend to live our lives as if this red blessed are the peace keepers. You see, a peacekeeper will will avoid conflict to keep the peace. A peacekeeper will work around the issue as opposed to through the issue. To try and maintain, to to try and keep the peace. It's an idea of, uh, you know, let's let's just make a truce. Or worse, it's, well, I, I just won't talk about it. We'll get together at family dinners. We'll sit around the table and, you know, we'll smile. But 
But we all know that inside that tension is just right there and we're waiting for that one person at that one moment to bring up that one thing because at that moment, dinner's ruined. But to keep the peace, we're gonna, we're gonna bottle it up, sweep it under our rug, keep our mouths quiet and just kind of nod our head and move on. All right. So you sweep the tension under the rug, you bottle it up, you hold it in until what happens? Well, until you can't. I mean, you can keep doing it until you can't. You can keep doing it until, until you can't. Jesus didn't say blessed are the peacekeepers. He says blessed are the peacemakers. There's another translation that puts it this way. God blesses those who work for peace. God blesses those who work for peace. Hear that, because that doesn't say that your salvation depends upon this. That doesn't say that your ticket to heaven is punched whether or not you. No, this says that God blesses those who actively seek and work towards peace. Another translation says this. You're blessed when you can show people how to cooperate instead of compete or fight. That's when you discover who you really are and and your place in God's family. Man, that's huge. That's big. You're blessed when you can show people how to cooperate instead of compete or fight. That's when you discover who you really are and your place in God's family. You see, a peacemaker, a peacemaker will embrace conflict to create space for peace. It's in our relationship principles. I had the, the blessing, the privilege, I was talking to Ron just this week. I, I call him weekly. There's been some weeks where I haven't. I don't want to lie and say I call him every week. Almost every week, I am on the phone with Ron. Sometimes for no more than just a, how are you, sir? He's my authority. He's my covering. And so I make those phone calls. I'm excited. So next week we're doing, uh, we've got PNG here. And then the following week, the following week is, is kind of like a, a send-off for me and Melissa, and I'm excited to say we've got Ron Corzine going to be in town as well, my pastor as well as the overseer here of our church, and that's going to be another Sunday you don't want to miss. Um, I'm just excited. Uh, I mean, not that y'all want to you know, jump up and down and hoorah when, when we're sending me and Melissa off, but, but it's a great opportunity. Um, but a peacemaker, a peacemaker is somebody who is going to deal with the issue. That's our relationship principles. We value the relationship more than the issue. That's what we're, we're founded on. That's what we believe. That's what we stand on. That's what we know the word of God tells us. We value the relationship more than the issue. But how often do we write people off because it's easier than dealing with the conflict? 
Ah, forget them. Forget them. I'm not dealing with them ever again. Or, or maybe even forgive them after what they did? No. I mean, come on. What does Jesus teach about how to do relationships? He said, blessed are the peacemakers. He, he calls us to a higher standard. Paul, he addressed this in Romans 12. He starts off and he says this, do not repay anyone evil for evil, but that's what they deserve, God. <laughs> do not repay anyone evil for evil which is what they were taught and which is what we've been taught. Be careful to do what is right in the eyes of everyone. And now listen to this statement. He says, if it is possible, as far as it depends on you. Oh, I can see your minds working already. If it is possible, as far as it depends on you, what are you to do? Live a life at peace with everyone. And already we're making justifications. Well, it says that if it's possible, as far as it depends on me, live a life at peace with everyone. How? How do you live a life at peace with everyone? Well, as far as it depends on you, you do everything possible to work towards peace. And then in verse 21, Paul says this. Do not be overcome by evil, but instead overcome evil with good. You see, you and I are called to a higher standard. Do not overcome evil with evil, overcome evil with good. It's different, it's countercultural. So then, if we're going to be peacemakers, what do peacemakers do? Look, I, I can sum it all up right here. Peacemakers. Peacemakers forgive and let go. Oh, peacemakers forgive and let go. And I pray, I pray you hear my heart. Because at this point, there's people in this room that I know are dealing with tremendous, tremendous amounts of hurt, tremendous amounts of pain. I, I'm not belittling, I'm not demeaning any of that. And I, I, think, I think what happens, though, it's very easy to, to look on and to say, you don't know what I've been through. You don't, you don't know what they did. You don't know what happened. You don't know. And that's very true. I don't. I'm not going to pretend I do. But so the same, you don't know what I've been through. Not that mine measures up, not that they're equal, not that we need to ever compare because, because it's hurt and hurt is just that, it's hurt. It's your hurt, it's my hurt, it's hurt. I think we both know there's always, there's always, there is always plenty of reasons to not forgive somebody. There's plenty of excuses to not be a peacemaker. 
There's plenty, plenty of reasons to think that this isn't even possible. For some, it, it may be a, a spouse betrayed you, committed adultery. And through your mind, you're wondering, how could I ever forgive them? Others, somebody you trusted, you believed in, you, you maybe held in esteem. They lied, they deceived, and they treated you unfairly, took advantage of you, maybe worse, abused you. And the question, the question immediately rises up, Corey, how could I ever forgive that? Truth be told, I don't want to forgive that. But what do peacemakers do? Peacemakers forgive and let go. We have to learn to forgive and let go. It's a, it's a higher standard than the world teaches us, but it's, it's something we must do. Forgive and let go. So, so what does it take to forgive and let go? Let, let me tell you real quickly just a, a couple little what it is, what it isn't. Forgiving and letting go does not ever mean sweeping issues under the rug. In fact, it very well may be needing to confront somebody speaking the truth in love. Now, hear that, because that's important. Ephesians 4.15 says, We will speak the truth in love, growing in every way more and more like Christ. Listen here, what is, what is be blessed if it's not growing in every way more and more like Christ? How is a higher standard attainable if we aren't growing in every way more and more like Christ? That requires speaking the truth in love. We will speak the truth in love, growing in every way more and more like Christ. It's in speaking the truth in love that we grow in every way more and more like Christ. Now, now do notice, do notice, it does say speak the truth in love. Not yell it, not nag it, not harp it. Speak it. Speak the truth in love. So how? How do we speak the truth in love? Because it is. It's very easy to slip into harping it. It's very easy to slip into nagging it. It's very easy to slip in, I'm right and you're wrong. So how do we speak the truth in love? Well, just as, just as an FYI, like never in the middle of an argument. Right? You, 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 when, when you're getting scolded for not ever helping out with the laundry, that's not the time to bring up how dinners haven't been up to par. I've never, I wouldn't. I mean, you make, you make, you make some conscious, you know, decisions that are, are just, just, just logical, right? You know when you speak the truth in love. If that person's coming at you already irate and angry, it, you're, they're probably not going to hear you. You can stand your moral ground, you can show them every scripture, and guess what? You, you're just pushing them away. Blessed are the peacemakers. That doesn't mean you conform. That doesn't mean you change. But you can be smart about how you do it. 
man, y'all are like having to think too hard about this. And, and look, never, never, you're, all, you're confronting the issue, not the person. Remember, the relationship is always more important than the issue. So when you're approaching somebody, you're confronting an issue, not the individual. Well, you, you always. This is the way you, I remember you, no, stop. Doesn't fix an issue. I, I think that's like counseling 101. You didn't even have to go to college for that one. I'm giving it to you for free. I didn't go to college for it either, though. So, <laughs> Look, peacemakers, uh, James 5, 16, look at this. Therefore, confess your sins to each other and pray for each other so that you might be healed. We've been talking about being healed. A peacemaker, can you be willing to apologize when you're wrong? By this scripture, therefore, confess your sins to each other and pray for each other so that you may be healed. In my mind, I would think that healing comes before blessing. And literally, the only thing it takes for healing is, I'm sorry. What I did was wrong. I've sinned against you. Will you forgive me? doesn't even have to be that long. Like, like you could even condense that. It's that simple. And yet I wonder how many people are going to write that off and not ever, ever, ever do it. I'm sorry. I was wrong. Will you forgive me? And look, and, and don't, don't, don't make excuses. Oh, don't make excuses. I'm sorry you got your feelings hurt, you big baby. It's, it's not an apology. It's somewhat pathetic, okay? Doesn't work. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they will be called children of God. You see, peacemakers face the issue for the sake and value of the relationship. Christ calls us not just to wish the absence of harm on somebody else, but, but actually to take it a step further and to believe for an abundance of good. Whew, that's tough. That's tough. He calls us to something more. He calls us to a higher standard. So what do we do? We forgive and let go. We forgive and let go. I'm, I'm, I mean, that, that's, <laughs> I'm going to call the worship team up and you're going to see people starting to exit. They're not trying to beat you anywhere. They're just getting stuff prepared for you as you walk out. Ushers, greeters, listen, I, I, it really is that simple. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they will be called children of God. Peacemakers. Blessed are the peacemakers. Christ calls us to something more. He calls you and I to a higher standard, to, to a level of elevating your life. But it's in that elevating of your life that, that we start to question, that we start to doubt, that we start to say, well, wait, so-and-so got a blessing because they got a new whatever. 
And so we doubt the very things of God. We doubt the blessings of God because we distort what peace is. Because we distort what the idea of peace is. Colossians 3.13 says this. Make allowance for each other's faults and forgive anyone who offends you. Look, I'm I'm telling you forgive and let go, but I'm going to be the first to admit I know it's not easy. It sounds easy, and it really is. It's easy, but it's not. It's easy. (laughs) But here it is. Paul, writing to us, tells us exactly how we're to do this. Make allowance for each other's faults and forgive anyone who offends you. That's that's one of my go-to marriage scripture verses. Make allowance. How many of you married here today recognize that your partner has a fault? Don't raise your hand. Don't. A healthy marriage can. You both do. We know. Make allowance for each other's faults. You're a peacemaker, not a peacekeeper. Peacemaker. Make allowance for each other's faults and forgive anyone who offends you. How? How do, how do we forgive? Because that's the hard part. Corey, you're saying forgive and let go, but, but I, I, I don't know. You don't know what they did. Paul continues, he writes, and he tells us, remember, the Lord forgave you, so you must forgive others. Let me say it again. How do we forgive? Remember, the Lord forgave you. Has, has God forgiven you of a lot? It's easy to sit there and start looking for blessings and start looking for blessings and start looking for blessings. And, and all the while, as you're seeking and searching and running after the blessing, all, all, all you do is recognize that you're missing the giver. You're chasing after a whim, elevating a blessing that's no longer a blessing. And all the while, God is telling you I'll show you. I'll tell you exactly how to be blessed. Has the Lord forgiven you of a lot? Has God forgiven you freely even though you didn't deserve it? Has God forgiven you even though you know you can't earn it? All right. You see, that's how we are called to forgive. That's how I am called to forgive. That's how you are called to forgive. Ooh. Remember, the Lord forgave you, so you must forgive others. That's a peacemaker. We forgive as we've been forgiven, we show mercy as we've been shown mercy. You and I are called to be peacemakers. Called to do everything that we can to live at peace with everyone. Called to to elevate the standard, to raise the bar 
and then to freely forgive those who have hurt us. And when we do that, guess who we look like? When we do that, freely forgive as we have been forgiven, who do we look like? Exodus 34.10 Then the people you live among will see the awesome work that I, the Lord, will do for you. You see, when we live as a peacemaker, when, when we work to forgive others as we have been forgiven, that's when we look like our Heavenly Father. That's when we show that we're created in His image. That's when we show that we're conformed to the likeness of His Son. The people you live among, they, they see Him in you because you were created in His image, because you desire to be like Him, because you're elevating the standard, because you're going to raise the bar and be different. Come on. Let's go ahead and stand. Stand with me. Look, blessed are the peacemakers, for they will be called children of God. <laughs> I, uh, I laughed at... at uh, I, so every, every Sunday, it, inevitably, I, I have a nursery worker, somebody, and it's usually in jest, a joke, sometimes not. Um, they'll say something to the effect of, wow, you went long this week, Pastor. Our last, our last PNG service, um, man, it was right after the service. I had Pastor Shannon's son come up, and he was talking with me and Pastor, and uh, he said this. He's like, "Man, Dad, I'm gonna start coming over here." He's like, "They're already out. Like we're beating everybody to lunch." It's okay to sit for a little while. As hard as you seek peace every day in life, as hard as you strive and work to get it, hold on a moment and just, just bask in peace. Because it's not a moment, it's not, it's not a thing, it's a, it's a person. It's an individual, it's, it's the Son of God, it's, it's the very reason I have life, it's the very reason that I stand up here today, it's the very reason I, I express what it means to be blessed. I don't, I don't get it right all the time. I screw it up all the time. And yet all I got to do, because he is faithful and just to forgive, all I got to do is just come right back and say, man, God, I'm blowing it again. He's faithful and just. Right then, at that very moment, he picks us up because, as Pastor G told us earlier, he desires to be in relationship with you. God desires relationship with you. The only thing, the only thing hindering that relationship is your thought thinking you know better. Sin isn't some convoluted big mess up that you do. Sin is just simply a choice to think that you know better than God's path. God says, this is the path I have for you. And some of us want to say, I can get there quicker for you if you just allow me to drive. And the whole time we chase peace, strive for it, work for it, build for it, save for it. When all the while God is telling you, 
You want peace. You want healing. He comes here. He comes here. It's in this place. He's faithful and he's just. He wants to live in relationship with you. He's not seeking to judge you and condemn you and send you to hell. He, he wants for you to live an abundant life. He wants for you to live a blessed life. Quit trying to seek it on your own and recognize what he's saying. It starts with forgiving and letting go. So easy and so hard. Because of the pain, because of the hurt. But I, I, I can promise you, you're not, you're not hurting them. You're not holding anything over somebody else. You're, you're just hindering what God wants for your life. Do you want to be blessed? It's going to require a peacemaker. Heavenly Father, we come before you right now. And Lord God, I, I pray that you would do a work even now in and through hearts. Father, I believe that As opposed to just toes getting stepped on this morning, Lord God, there's hearts that are, are being pricked. There's a pain, there's a tug, there's a thought, there's a, a recognition, Lord Jesus, of an area, a person, a place where we're not, we're not walking in peace. We're not trying to even make peace. Rather, we're just dealing. So, Father God, across this room, I pray that as you reveal people's hearts, these areas, Father, that they haven't given you complete control, turned over those decisions to you, God. I, I pray that you would help us, Father, to forgive the areas, the people that we need to forgive, to let go of the situations, the, the hurt and the weight that we need to let go of, Father. We trust you, Lord Jesus. The author, the perfecter, the finisher of our faith, we look to you, Lord God, not for, for your justice, Father, but but for your blessing. Father God, that you would do a work even in those who have heard us, changing them, Lord God, to where, to where they too are now changed and pouring out into the lives of others. Father, I pray that they would see the work that you are doing in us, that they would see your son represented in our lives, Father, as, as we make every effort possible to live at peace with all men. God, across this room for situations, for hurts, I, I pray specifically for those that are struggling.